Hey guys, so a uh, quick disclaimer before you listen to the podcast. Uh, we recorded this a couple days ago with our friend Costa, and we went to the studio and we ran into some problems, so we had to improvise a little bit and uh, just used our phones. Uh, I tried to edit the best I could, but you know, there's, there's a clear noticeable difference, but don't worry, it gets better the farther into it, so shouldn't be that big of a deal. And um, if you want to hear us talk about the Porzingis trade, listen to the podcast that drops tomorrow. Otherwise, let's go Pats, and here we go. Tom Brady's going to run the Super Bowl. You know what it is. Run it back. Call me Jacob Costa. We here. That was mighty aggressive. <laughs> Well, welcome back, everyone. You know, I to, uh, it's it's February first, twenty nineteen. We're ringing in the new year. Back on Run It Back, uh, as Jorge so fruitfully. I'm a little frightened. I, I, don't, think I, I don't think I've ever seen Jorge that excited for a show. I I haven't either. <laughs> I haven't seen Jorge that excited. Period. What happened though last year during the Super Bowl? See, he wasn't there. Oh, okay. Jacob saw me though. Yeah. Did I? Oh, God. Yeah, you saw me fucking get mad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Patriots fan during the Super Bowl is a beautiful thing. It's like me and my mom, just way up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go, guys. Um, Super Bowl is this Sunday. And there's a lot of things that are going to happen in this Super Bowl. There's a lot of interesting facts about this Super Bowl. Did you know Yeah. <laughs> okay. that uh, Tom Brady's last three games against Wade Phillips Tom Brady has a 54% completion percentage and has a 1-2 record. And this goes back to 2015 when uh, Wade Phillips was on the Denver Broncos. This uh, Los Angeles Rams team has similar defensive, uh, what do you say? Schemes. Uh, Tendencies? It's it's the same defensive coach. Wade Phillips is the defensive coordinator for the Rams right now. But tendencies, uh, not tendencies. I'm um, it prowess. These players, they're so talent, talent. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yes, no. This team is so talented defensively. You look at Ndamukong Su. You look at Aaron Donald, Marcus Peters, Akib Talib. These boys can ball. All right. Okay. So you see this team. You put it against the Patriots' dink and dunk offense. And look, I <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I respect the Patriots. They blew out. They blew out the Chargers. Uh, and I see that very much so. You know, they, they're a good team. They have a lot of talent. Um, Tom Brady, you know, does his thing. But you know what I also want to talk about is this, this is Tom Brady's third consecutive Super Bowl appearance. That's, that's a fact. Yeah. Yes. And the man is 41 years old. So it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. But we look at LeBron, who's yeah. born in 84, who's going to turn, who's 35 now? Who's going to turn 30. 33, 34? Between okay. 33 and 35, I don't know. Somewhere around there. there. No, so he's definitely not 35, I know. He's, he's, he's 34 years old, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, 2019, he'd be 34 years old. Um, so you look at him, he's been to the finals eight straight years, and you can see the fatigue that it plays on him during mm-hmm. the regular season. Yeah. This is Brady doesn't get to take time off during the regular season like LeBron. He can't sit a game. This is Tom Brady's team. He's vital to it. Okay. And... Don't you think he's going to be a little bit tired going into this game? I think he's very tired. I think he's tired every Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that is true. It's a hard, it's a hard fought battle. I know. It's a, but this is three seasons of nineteen games that he's had to play. Well, f- sorry, but first, well, with the LeBron reference, before LeBron James got injured in the season, he was kind of considered the Iron Man of the NBA. Yeah. And I get what you're saying about the off season. Well, look at Tom Brady. He's also the Iron Man of the NBA. No, no, no. But what I'm injury. saying, yeah, yeah, I understand. But what I'm saying is that 
LeBron rarely takes day offs. The only reason he's taking this time off is because of this groin injury, which no one really knows how bad it is. Um, I beg to differ, though. Look at his time in Cleveland. He'd take days off to rest. Yeah. He started doing he the take thing that the San Antonio Spurs did with their stars. Yeah, I know, but I don't think it's to the level where, like, LeBron James can lugs minutes during the season when it counts. Playing, He could play up to 40 minutes a game at his age now still if he wants to. But what I, with what you were saying about Tom Brady, now Tom Brady's job is pretty easy because I feel like he just has to he just has to sit in the pocket and dump it to the to the receivers in the slot, give it to James White in the backfield, give it to Rex Burke. He had to run it through, hit Gronk on a little slant route. Yep. The Patriots have been running the ball. Tom Brady hasn't had to do that much work. I don't see Tom Brady rushing outside left to right in the pocket because the offensive line is playing out of their minds. Well, he's he's never had to get out of the pocket that much. No, yeah, but I'm saying I think this is almost as easy as it's going to be for Tom Brady in all of his last Super Bowls because as the offensive line's playing, he doesn't have to move around. He can just do his little West Coast offense passes. He doesn't have to strain his arm over the top because that's what the Patriots do. They hit you with a bunch of different drives where they hit you with Edelman. They hit you with James White in the backfield. They hit you with Gronkowski on slants. And then out of nowhere, they run a flea flicker and they hit you with Chris Hogan for a 45-yarder. So I don't think Tom Brady has to work as hard as Jared Goff is going to have to play in this game. I Well, no, I, I understand that from that standpoint totally, but that doesn't get uh, – my point is still that – he has put his body through so much work already. And that, you know, the Rams' defense main priority is going to be taking away James White, who is the most, he's the most prolific player on that offense, not named Tom Brady. Yeah. That's going to be the guy picking up the most yards. That's who destroyed Atlanta in the Super Bowl. That's how they were getting a lot of yards uh, against the Eagles. That, that's their playmaker. Julian Edelman... It's not what he used to be. Yeah, he's still a nice player. He, uh, he made big he, he plays. Made big plays. Yeah. And his thumb touched the ball. But his no, thumb did not touch the ball. <laughs> no, it didn't. All right, come on now. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's enough idea. <laughs> uh, so, and Gronk, we see Gronk aging. Tell me I'm not the only one. Oh, no, there's he's no one not, the line. He's yeah, himself no. aging. He, he he's doesn't run like he season. used to. He, he runs about as fast as Antonio Gates Did you hear Gates what he says? About his own body? He said that uh, your brain doesn't like, doesn't support you putting your body through like the amount of physical like abuse yes. that I put it through. But you know what? He's a great blocking tight end right now. That's yeah. That's that's what they want him to do because he can't run like he used to. That that catch that he had against the Chiefs and the and the third On third the down of, the, of overtime. No, when he got that slant over the middle, and then they put the the Patriots in first and goal. That's the only big catch he really made of the night. The whole night he was just blocking for running backs. That's all he was doing. Really good blocking tight end. He's not doing what he used to do. I think he was only targeted like twice. Yeah, that that's not, they're not using him like that anymore. If anything, their main two guy now is Julian Edelman. They're not going to Gronk on receiving routes anymore. Like but they now used they to. don't. They don't have an over the top guy. Josh Gordon was their over the top guy. Yeah. No one is going to beat you. Nobody's going to beat Marcus Peters and Akeem Talib with blistering speed on that team. Oh, oh no, they're, that's no, not how they're play. yeah. They never. But you know, they don't have. Yeah. I'm uh, their their strategy has to be death by a thousand cuts, but. The thing is, they haven't faced interior defensive linemen like Aaron Donald and Ndamukong Su. Because we have to admit, if we're, I've heard from a lot of people that if you look at solely the like best, probably the most talented NFL player, offense, defense, whatever position, mm-hmm. it's Aaron Donald. He got over 20 sacks this season as a defensive player tackle that doesn't happen that happens if you're a linebacker that happens if you're a defensive end mm-hmm. but as a defensive tackle you're a run stopper usually usually and he got to the quarterback that much that's scary pair that up with Ndamukong Su that's something to worry about 
I'm not scared. <laughs> but I feel like it was that way for the past two AFC games too. Because in the past, I'm not saying that Aaron Donald and uh, what's his face, and Donald Sue aren't good players. But leading up to the AFC playoffs, all the news media was talking about was, oh my God, the Patriots have to block Joey Bosa and the other guy in the Chargers. I can't remember his name. That guy. And then when it came to the Chiefs game, oh my God, you got to block what's his name, Justin D Houston, D Ford, Justin Houston, all these guys. I'm not saying these guys aren't bad players, but this isn't like a new script for the Patriots. Outside defenders. And you see what this this is the problem for Brady, though. See, they can come through the outside. What's going to happen is that the, those tackles can form around and give uh, Brady the bubble in order to stay in the pocket. When pressure comes up the middle, he has to go one way or another, and that's what he doesn't have the speed for, and that's what you were alluding to earlier, that the defensive line hasn't had to, um, or Brady hasn't had to get out of the pocket at all. Well, if... The rush comes from the inside. He's going to have to get out of that pocket. Yeah, he's going to have to make throws over the top of guys. And that's well, that's that's a big thing to ask. He's gonna, but you're asking one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. Yes, I'm also asking him at 41 years old. Yeah. And who doesn't have the? I mean, as much as I love him, he doesn't have the. Uh, he doesn't have anywhere near the arm that Jared Goff does. So not anymore. He's anymore. Yeah. A huge arm. Back yeah. When, in the Moss days. Yeah, of course. But you know, they're going to try to just kill you with shots over the middle that's what the Patriots do they're going to go for the slot and they're going to just hit their running backs they're going to open up the run game and then they're going to hit you with a play action and they're going to try to get a a keep to Lieber whatever corners they have to bite that's pretty much what their game plan is going to be the only problem is that like I said Tom Brady against Wade Phillips defenses lately has been he's struggled I mean you look at the games you know one and two record playing against these teams and this is you know this has been his toughest competition even the last year when he lost to the Peyton Manning, it was Peyton Manning, right? You know, but it wasn't great Peyton Manning. It was Peyton Manning at the final year of his career throwing nine touchdowns and 18 interceptions. And, that was great and he defense. made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I, wasn't, I think it was 11 touchdowns and 18 interceptions. But that was not the Peyton Manning I know. No, no. Definitely not. And he couldn't keep up with that team. That team, granted, that team was carried by its defense. But yes. the LA Rams have similar defensive talent to that team. And I think that's something to pick out. On to the other side of the ball, the Los Angeles Rams. What is going on with Todd Gurley? <laughs> oh, you mean how he like didn't play? Is he hurt? Is he not? Game. What's happening? You watched that NFC ch- title yeah. game. I heard someone talking about it. Do you guys want to add anything? Or I heard someone talking about it on ESPN. Um, I think it was Shannon Sharp who was talking about it. Todd Gurley's on the sideline while C.J. Anderson is running all over the Dallas Cowboys. And Tom Gurley sitting on the sideline on a bike, first-round draft pick, sitting on the sideline watching C.J. Anderson take his job before his eyes. I don't think that Sean McVay is dumb enough to think that C.J. Anderson is anywhere near the talent that Todd Gurley is. But what I'm afraid of for Todd Gurley is Sean McVay also isn't stupid, and he knows that when a player's hot, a player's hot. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if Sean McVay comes into this game and he rides C.J. Anderson as his horse in the first half for the most part. And he just wants to wear out those linebackers because C.J. Anderson's a butterball now. He's like 250 pounds. I don't know how much he weighs, but he's huge. <laughs> he's Jerome Bettis, essentially. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Todd Gurley's a different player. Now, I'm not saying they're not going to use Todd Gurley. They're going to try to hit him with a couple slant routes because he's a better player that way. He's, he's more of a receiving back. But I wouldn't be surprised if they use C.J. Anderson more in the first half than cut Todd Gurley. So you don't think it's like that something's actually wrong with Todd Gurley? What I find really interesting is, and that Colin Coward actually brought up in his pod, uh, his on his show, The Herd, is that the Rams and the Patriots on both sides of the ball are really similar. You don't have one go-to option at receiver. 
You mm-hmm. don't have, like, there right now, Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson, that's a committee running back, you know? Um, so Belichick's plan defensively has always been you take away their number one target, you made, make them beat you with other people. That's what they did with Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill had one catch the entire game. That's what they did with the Chargers for everybody because we couldn't <laughs> score. <laughs> um, but you see it. That's what they did. Um, that's what they tried to do in Atlanta, but Julio Jones still had a huge game. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, you look at the Rams' offense, Brandon Cooks, is that a, a number one receiver? But then you, have, then you have Robert Woods, who's also a really nice little guy. These, these receivers are the same. It's the, you know, the L.A. version of Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, would be Brandon Cooks and, um, not Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Cooper Cup's injured. You look at that, uh, well, as a matter of fact, Brandon Cooks was on the Patriots last year. Yeah. 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 It was. So and Using them the same way. S- similar types of players. <laughs> um. And then you look at uh, Jared Goff, the quarterback of this team, and he was big time in that NFC title game against the Saints. Yes. Like, came down, he was huge clutch. And the way he's able to pass the ball, he, it's not, you know Kaepernick, he'll just, he'll, he'll bullet it in there. Yeah. He, he has no, Kaepernick is not a touch player. That's the first guy that comes into my mind because every throw with him is a bullet. You see that with a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. Jared Goff is it's he floats it up there and just drops it in the basket for his receivers to catch. And the quarterback that reminds me of is from the same area or played quarterback and had the same number in the same area that Jared Goff is from, Joe Montana. Joe Montana would just put it in the bread basket for his receivers, for Jerry Rice. For Jerry Rice. And you know, and in the fourth quarter, Joe Montana Joe Montana was four for four in Super Bowls. He won every Super Bowl that he's been to. And I saw that same that same killer mentality in Jared Goff against the Saints, because that was a that was a tough game, and that Saints defense is no joke. You look at players like Marshawn Lattimore, Cameron Cameron Jordan, uh, Anzalone, Manti Teo's on that team. You got you got good defensive players, uh, and Jared Goff stood in the face of all that pressure, marched down the field to the fifty-seven yard line, or not the fifty-seven yard line, but uh, down the field to the forty something. Uh, or the 40-yard line in order for Greg Zerline to get a 57-yard field goal in overtime. That's huge. They're also down when um, they came down, what, the, the Saints it, were up 10-0 it, at one point? Wasn't it 14-0 at the half? 14-0 to start the game. I think, yeah. That was huge. You know, the that, that takes so much maturity to do as a quarterback. This is a guy who's only in his third year as a professional football player. First First year, they thought he was a bust. Came out of Cal, wearing the number 16, just like Joe Montana. Because that was his favorite player growing up. He's from the San Francisco area. So I think that's that's a big thing to look forward to, and that could be a storyline for this game. But are we going to talk about it? Oh, yeah. I mean, they won that game. Did they? But did they win did that they game? Really? Which game? Uh, the Saints-Rams. Jared Goff impressed me with that game at the end. But Jared Goff was big. What he would have... What he would have would he have won without that? Without that, okay. You, I, which would which, what I say? Kill the clock. What I say? That was an overtime, is, right? No, 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 that was, no, that was, that was the fourth quarter. quarter. Fourth quarter. Saints were like something in goal, and then uh, I forget the guy's name, but he played Dex. N- yeah, yeah. Nickel Roby Coleman. Yeah, yeah Nickel Roby. Dex Ted Ginn to catch the ball. It was clear pass Com- interference. Complete. I am yeah. not arguing with that at all, but you look at the drive before 
when Jared Goff was on the five-yard line and there was a clear face mask that the officials didn't call. There was poor officiating that entire game. That would have been a first and goal on the four-yard line okay, that the Rams would have gotten. At, at what time was that, though? That was the drive directly before. They got a field goal to tie the game, and then it was the Saints ball. They drove down, and... Uh, sorry, no, it was a field goal to go up by three instead of go up by seven, and then the the Saints had to settle on a field goal to tie the game instead of... Yeah, instead of a touchdown, go to overtime, mm-hmm. Rams yeah. win the game. But, I mean... You also look... Then you look at overtime. Drew Brees threw an interception yeah, in overtime. They got the ball. They were bailed out. Overtime regardless. Overtime regardless. Should there be something... Not that there's, there's nothing that will be done about this, but should there have been something done about this before... Like it was they should have made call. the call. I, but yeah. no, so, I don't think yeah. There, was, there were bad call. calls the whole game. I think if you look at the last bad call in the game, you're just going to be upset. No. There were so many other, any yeah, other exactly. opportunities throughout that game that the Saints had to win. They're up 14-0 at half. There's... Look, if I'm if I'm the coach of the Saints right now, if I'm Sean Payton, I tell my guys we should have won that game regardless of what that referee did. Yeah, Sean Payton is insane. I'm talking about the actual rules because I'm pretty sure on uh, what Skip show undisputed undisputed on undisputed uh, Terrell Owens was on there, and he was saying about how uh, according to the rules, when something this outrageous happens, Roger Goodell, the commissioner. Is supposed to call for a replay of the game or a replay of like the second half or something. Yeah, Saints fans yeah. were Saints fans yeah. were suing. They, yeah, they were suing. They were that. they were literally filing like legal documents yeah. and and apparently NFL came out and they did publish a statement saying on that that I mean finally Roger Goodell got from out under his desk and he <laughs> they made a fucking public statement. But um, they made a statement saying that they didn't deem that this was one of those crazy situations where the commissioner would have to step in. Apparently, really? according to what they filed, apparently, the one of their crazy game. situations means like if some sort of disaster happens in the stadium, um, the players have to be evacuated off the field. <laughs> if there's if some Bane climatic, hits the stadium. Yeah, I, I think comes that in the stadium. Uh, it was an Heinz in-game Horn. thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, no, it was, it was a bad call. We all agree on that. Everyone yeah. in the nation agrees. That was so Horrible painful. call. But... I don't think it matters. It's you're just looking at the last bad call of the game. There were plenty of bad calls before that. Yeah, and if you and if you look at if you look at Sean Payton's um that stupid thing that he did right before that. Yeah, he passed the ball. Sean Payton decides to pass the the ball on first down when the Rams have one timeout. You missed the pass because Michael Thomas drops the easiest pass of his career. Well, he also threw it at his feet. It wasn't a great Drew Brees pass. Poor pass, pass, poor catch. Fine. Yes. And then Sean Payton. Let's the clock stop so Sean McVay holds on to that timeout and then he decides to go on a go route outside the lines. I don't feel bad. If you're gonna if you're gonna That's Sean Payton being cocky. Exactly. Yeah. If you're gonna yeah. call plays that aggressively that late in the game in the NFC championship and something bad happens, I don't have to the for you. Yeah. yeah. I mean Colin Coward always says it's it's recency bias. You're looking at the last bad thing that happened in the game and you're blaming it on that. But there are plenty of opportunities for the Saints to win that game and they just didn't. I do feel bad for the Saints though. Because they had this, they had the Minnesota thing. Yeah, <laughs> when you know they got picked off in the last play of the game. But honestly, oh, yeah. honestly, so. they should have won that game because they got the ball in overtime, and that was the whole argument with is overtime fair because the Chiefs didn't win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they got the ball in overtime. The Saints did, and they blew it. Drew Brees threw an interception. He threw it sky high when he was getting hit. Yeah, that's on him. That's on the Saints. And I like Drew Brees. He was a former Charger. I respect him a lot as a player. <laughs> Um, As a Chargers fan, I respect all former Chargers. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but um, man, that that's on them. I, it was it was bad officiating. You should get better officials. Oh yeah. But at the end of the day, 
the Rams deserve to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I see it. Okay. What's everyone's pick? Oh, Pat's all the way. New England Patriots. <laughs> you, got a, you got a score for us? I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah, I think yeah, it's going to be, really gonna be in the 20s. Thinking, no, actually, I think my 27. 27. 27 to what? 27-24 <laughs> decided by a field goal. Yeah, I was going to say 24-21. I'm saying 27-21. Rams. And you're saying 24-21? 24-21 Rams. 27-24 New England Patriots. I got. To, uh, this has been in my head the whole time. 28-23 Rams. 28-23? Mm-hmm. I think I think it's gonna be twenty one twenty three and the Rams are gonna go on a drive and score a touchdown to win it. Hot damn, Jared Goff. It's Jared Goff. That's been my boy since college. I've been a fan of him since he was at Cal. Sorry, sorry. But here's what's actually gonna happen. <laughs> Can't wait till Trey <laughs> Flowers eats him alive. Cannot wait. What's Trey, gonna Trey Flowers. So Can't scared of him. Wait. <laughs> nah. You know what? If the Patriots win, Kyle Van Noy is gonna be Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's here's what's actually gonna happen. All right, the Patriots are gonna be at the Rams goal line. He has this whole scenario. Now the Rams going at their goal line, and then the same thing that happened to Russell Wilson is going to happen to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. I Bill Belichick runs the ball, the ball on the one yard line. He should be fired the next year. I don't give a damn. <laughs> All right. Continue. What are we talking about? No, All right. So the next thing in the NFL about. that I wanted to talk about is Jerry Jones has been surprisingly quiet on Jason Garrett. You know, every year Jason Garrett is like, are they are they keeping Jason Garrett? You know, he's had so many eight and eight seasons and all, but. And Jerry Jones is always like, no, Jason Garrett's our guy. Now there's rumors that Sean Payton might want to come in and be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. Why would he? I don't know how that's going to work. It's, there's rumors. He used to be the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys back in the day and then decided to go and take his own thing in um, in New Orleans. Hmm. But, you know, there, the uh, before I say my side of the argument, what I believe should happen, um, you look at... The Cowboys have a significantly younger team offensively. You have Dak Prescott, who you don't necessarily have to keep. His contract is expiring. You could get a new quarterback that you like. You could trade up in the draft. If you like Dwayne Haskins, if you like Kyler Murray, those type of players. But if you want to keep Dak, go for it. Uh, Then you have Amari Cooper, young wide receiver. You have Cole Beasley. You have a really talented offensive line. You have Ezekiel Elliott and the really loaded defense that has been playing out of their mind lately. So those those are the benefits. I know the Saints have a really good team, but if you look at the back half of the season, um, I think after week eight, yeah, Drew Brees has. Um, he was a different after week player. nine. He was a different player. He he had seven touchdowns and five interceptions and a pass rating of like ninety something. He was a he was a Bottom MVP pick for the first seven weeks. Yeah, yeah. he was a lock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what happened. That's why Patrick Mahomes is going to win MVP. But what do you guys think? I want to hear it. Something big, but like I just don't see Sean Payne leaving his situation. I feel like his situation's really good, and I think he likes it. Just I don't see any reason why he would leave, even for the good situation in the uh, about the Dallas Cowboys. I just don't see him leaving. Could that be looking and, for a fresh you know, start. Jerry Jones is. Why, why would he want a fresh start when he could know. just take this great season, come back next season, and run it back? Show title. <laughs> Go right yeah, to there is. Like, Name drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the season was pretty damn good. Let's just do it again next season. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, did you want to say anything, Jacob? Or, um, my thing is that when you're dealing with a guy like Jerry Jones, who is a notorious megalomaniac when it comes to managing his team, um, 
the only reason that Jerry Jones loves Jason Garrett is because Jason Garrett is a puppet. And I think everybody knows that. He takes answers from Jerry Jones as to who to draft, how to play in his defenses, how to use Dak Prescott, what to do. Like, he literally controls everything. He tries to be the GM even though he's not. And Jason Garrett's put up with it. And that's why a lot of Dallas fans want to see Jason Garrett gone because he knows he's not ever going to stand up to Jerry Jones and be like, I don't want to do this. I want to draft this player. I want to do this. Sean Payton has had some problems with Bounty Gate. He's had a lot of things where he's gotten a little bit too involved. And he looks like the type of guy who's not just going to take crap from Jerry Jones. And I don't think Jerry Jones wants a guy that's going to clash with him in that sense because Jerry Jones likes to run the show. And as you can see from this Amari Cooper trade, Jerry Jones is trying to win right now. And he's going to do everything he can to try to at least get the Dallas Cowboys to the Super Bowl before he kicks the bucket because he's an old guy. <laughs> and I just don't see how Sean Payne's going to leave his situation and have to deal with one of the most annoying owners in the NFL, in my opinion. But, I mean, if he really thought that Dallas was worth it, maybe I could see it. But it's going to be a big headache for him to get over once he gets there. You want to hear my take? Yeah. Sure. Well... You know, I look at two coaches that have been in the league since uh, 2010 was when Jason Garrett was hired as interim head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And there was another coach uh, that was hired at, uh, in 2010 also. Uh, would you say that a, a record of 77 and 59 is fairly similar to a record of 89 and 54? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty close. close you know, like a difference of like... F- you know, uh, this other coach has, like, a couple more games because Jason Garrett came in as an interim. Um, and Jason Garrett has a little bit more losses. You want to hear that coach that has a similar winning percentage to uh, – oh, okay, let me combine the winning percentages to 587 winning percentage to a 566. Very similar stats. You want to know who the other coach is? No. Pete Carroll. Jason Garrett's not doing a bad job. He had one losing season since he's taken over. Why should he get fired? Well, who was the rumor coming from? Yeah, and who's gonna replace Jerry? Him? Just say like the media. Don't no, just okay. There's no source to it. Like oh, like, Jerry Jones. Well, Jerry Jones usually after seasons where there's speculation that Jason Garrett might get fired. You know, he's he's eight and eight, eight and eight. You know, Cowboys. Um, Stephen A. Smith. Cowboys are a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> uh, that kind of stuff. Jerry Jones has been surprisingly quiet this off season. Mm-hmm. Hasn't said anything about the future of Jason Garrett and the offensive coordinator Scott Linehan was fired earlier this season so is that where is Lanahan now I've heard his name being I don't know if he got rehired by anyone I'll look it up but that that is the rumors if I am if I'm Jerry Jones I'm not firing Jason Garrett Mm -hmm. but for what reason because he's a good coach or because you know you can control him uh well I'm sure like personally I don't care if I'm controlling people but he hasn't been doing a bad job okay and players really players around the league really like uh Jason Garrett weirdly enough he doesn't seem like a very charismatic guy from what I've seen. I think he's too seen. nice. I don't he looks know. really nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, like somebody will throw a pick and you'll just see him on the sideline. Just clapping his hands the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I just, when I think of Cowboys head coaches, who was that head coach that always wore that fedora? What the hell was his name? Tom Landry? Yeah, Tom Landry. That was back in the day. You know, guys like him are like Bill Parcells and the Giants. They would rip on guys when mm-hmm. they messed up. But I just see Jason Gray on the sideline clapping his hands and they're like, all right, fine. He's he a has player's a, coach. He has a good winning percentage. I get it, but like. After so many eight and eights in such a crap division now, like... Is it a crap division? The Eagles just won the Super Bowl. They did just win the Super Bowl, but the Eagles weren't... I mean, midway through the season, the Eagles weren't playing that great, right? 
No, yeah, they were having a very yeah, they, they, they were The Giants good. were a dumpster fire from the start, Giants, and yeah. so were the Redskins. Yeah. No, the Redskins started off really Redskins good, start and then really Alex Smith had that Disgusting injury, injury that's going to, he's not going to play next year either. Yeah. Oof. All right, so I just uh, did a quick, like, Google, and uh, apparently uh, they just hired a 29-year-old for their new offensive coordinator. Because everyone's trying to find the new Sean McVay. And Sean McVay <laughs> is 33 years old, Belichick is 66, Sean McVay's in the Super Bowl. And this article I'm reading, uh, um, it's not very detailed, but it, it's implying that the fate of Jason Garrett is... Career relies on this 29-year-old yeah. offensive coordinator. Because Jason Garrett doesn't want to call plays either. So if it doesn't turn out well after this next season... So what does he want to do? Yeah, what does he... And his head coach is, is there to motivate players and be on both sides of the ball. Yeah, but he doesn't necessarily a... have to be a play caller. You look at John Harbaugh, he's a special teams coordinator. He doesn't call plays. Or maybe he calls plays for the special teams, but how many, how many times in the field are they? John Harbaugh's still a successful coach. Right, fair enough. Well, I mean, calling plays is like a yeah, really think big part. Coach would want to call plays. I feel like you, you can take that route if you have good coordinators. Yeah, you know? Bel- Belichick doesn't call plays. Yeah, because he has Scott. He has Josh McDaniels. But yeah. like, well, actually, he calls plays on the defensive side this year. Yeah, actually, uh, did you know that uh, in the hotel lobby, like the day of yeah. uh, the AFC Championship game, Belichick passed out like five new plays that they never eight, ran. Eight, eight new, plays? new plays. Five, five new plays. That oh, was five. Yeah, I heard uh, five. Did you oh, you heard five. You heard no, eight? whatever. Five to eight. Yeah, five to eight, <laughs> and, and then everyone learned it. And you saw some okay, game, yeah, but they also tried to run the same play as Philadelphia in the Super Bowl, and look how that turned out. Hey, yeah, hey, you know. Uh, oh my God, we got a Patriots hater over here. Hey, man. I, I was rooting for them in the Super Bowl last year. Were oh, you really? I did. Yep, yeah. I thought they were going to win. You should have seen that was me my last bet. year. Was, you were rooting for them, or you bet on them? Uh, I didn't bet money, so okay, technically good, I was rooting for that's them. That's a good <laughs> distinction. Though. That's a good distinction. <laughs> He's like, I had them I, winning. I, I, I predicted them winning. Let's say. Oh that. yeah, yeah, you did. In the year before that, I had the Falcons winning. Oh, that was the year before that was when I got it exactly correct. Two years ago, I, I predicted the score to be 34. Or no, sorry. I, predict, 34, I, had, 20, right? I had the Patriots winning that year, mm-hmm. and I had it 34-28 Pats when they beat the oh. Falcons. Wow. Let's go. That was, a, that was such a great Super Bowl. It was a really bad Super Bowl for a It was a really while. exciting like, Super Bowl. It was exciting, yeah. No, for me, as a Pats fan, and I was at like my friend's party, oh, yeah. I, it was so miserable. Oh, wow. I was like, great comeback. I mean, yeah, really. I completely really miserable. Like, 100%. Yeah. Had a huge, yeah. That game was ridiculous. I think this year's Super Bowl has the potential to be a blowout and on either side. That's kind of usually what happens. Like, like we got grace last year. Uh, last two years we got grace with good Super Bowls. But Three years. Was the year before Falcons that? too? That was a good Super Bowl. But and then the year no, was the year before, before that, that was Panthers Broncos, which wasn't great. Which was a blowout. Um, it wasn't a blowout, but it wasn't great. It wasn't, it wasn't a blowout. No. Well, which was no. The, it was like it was like an eight point game, I think. Um, but. It was never like it never seemed that close. And then the one before that was Seahawks Patriots, which was a good game, great game. And then the year before that was the um, Seahawks Broncos, which was an awful game. Oof. Oh yeah, Poor that's Peyton, that's dude. the one I'm thinking about. That's when Peyton Manning got blown out, right? Yeah, Forty-eight the to first three. play. That's what I mean, was. sorry, forty-three to eight. Mm-hmm. Just terrible. That's what it was. That was embarrassing. It really was. Oh man. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the new head coaching hires around the NFL. So, uh, big one that is really controversial is Cliff Kingsbury of the uh, Arizona Cardinals is becoming the head coach definitely to develop Josh Rosen. That is his main goal. I don't think they plan on keeping him when he's good. But you look at his record as a head coach. (coughs) This past year, he just got fired from Texas Tech. And I've never heard of someone falling upwards 
that hard. <laughs> How do you get fired from a head uh, head coaching job at the college level and then become a head coach at the NFL level? That's how you go job to job. I mean, people... You weren't good enough to coach at college, so now you're good enough to coach in the NFL? But those coaches get paid more, so, I mean, technically it is, like... No, not always college coaches get paid more. Depends on the college. Yeah, it does. It depends. Like, if Nick Saban, yeah, gets paid more. But, I mean, you you can also look at that as, like... um. Who's the guy? Bryce Harper is going to get paid more than, or sorry, Giancarlo Stanton gets paid more than Aaron yeah, Judge. Like Aaron Judge is on a rookie deal, you know, like yeah, yada yada. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting head coaching hire for the Arizona Cardinals. I can understand what they're doing from a sense. This guy coached Patrick Mahomes. He coached Johnny Manziel, Kyler Murray. Um, quarterback <coughs> coach. Sorry, he's a quarterback, quarterback coach. Yeah. yeah, he's a quarterback coach. He's there to develop Josh Rosen. Which hopefully, I, yeah, we, I absolutely yeah. believe he can do. Um, as far as the other aspects of the ball, I think he's going to be garbage. <laughs> <laughs> that team's defense is going to be bad. Yeah, <clears throat> and it just it looks messy. Um, but that's what that's what the team needed. The team needed offense. You look at the first game last year. Defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes and offensive coordinator, or sorry, defensive mind head coach Steve Wilkes was the head coach. And their offensive coordinator for, for the first four weeks is former head coach of the Chargers, Mike McCoy, who was a dumpster fire. <laughs> Sam Bradford threw for 70 yards in the first NFL game, and the team never got past the 50-yard line. That is bad coaching. Mike McCoy should not be in the NFL. I don't care about what you say. It doesn't matter that he's friends with Peyton Manning. He should not be coaching the NFL if you can't get past the 50-yard line in one game. That's bad play calling. What? I mean, you look at the talent on that team. They have David Johnson, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, the starting quarterback. With oh, Sam Bradford don't mention Larry Fitzgerald. Why? He's like 80 years old. Man. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't want to hear about Larry Fitz, man. I feel bad he's for the still, Cardinals because they were literally, uh, and their team were, they had a sick team when they went against the Panthers a couple years ago in that, what what uh, conference of the Panthers in the NFC, right? NFC. The NFC Championship game. Yeah. Panthers kicked the crap out of the Cardinals in their mm-hmm. own house, and then from then it was just downhill. That's when Bruce Arians was the head coach. Yes. And now, well, now Bruce, Bruce Arians, Arians is in Tampa Bay. Okay, that's uh, the next one I want to get to because we are talking about new NFL head coach hirings. What do you think of Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston? I like it a lot. You like it a lot? I think Jameis Winston, we're going to see the best Jameis Winston we, we're going to see under I, Bruce Arians. I couldn't agree with you more. I think I, he's going to have a re- – I hope he does well because he's a good quarterback. Well, the thing is Jameis just has to uh, – he has to – ease down the turnovers. Jameis Winston reminds me a lot of Eli Manning. And just play style, not always best decision making. You look at Jameis Winston, both former number one picks, but you look at Jameis Winston's final year at Florida State. 25 touchdowns to 18 interceptions. That's not a great ratio. Not a great ratio. You're talking about Eli like out of college, right? No, I'm talking about like, well, Eli's career you know how he's known. He throws a bunch of interceptions. Great highs, you very, know, very bad. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And Jameis was huge in the national championship game when they were in the playoffs. Jameis Winston was big time, but uh, I mean, and so was Eli. You know, when he went to the two Super Bowls that he won playoff, Eli is a different player than regular season Eli. Yeah. But it's those type of players that they can flip the switch when it comes time. But during the regular season, you're going to question their decision making. Yeah. And that's kind of how Jameis has been, especially with interceptions lately. He yeah. just throws a ton. I think he has to get over the big play mentality because I know he has Mike Evans, 
and he has and Deshaun Jackson. And he has Deshaun Jackson. He has two guys that can go long and catch balls that other people can't catch. And so I think he gets like a little bit distracted by that and tries to go for the deep ball all the time, which you don't have to do. And which I think Eli I hope, also suffers from as well. Yeah, when you have Odell Beckham, you're gonna Yeah, and I think Bruce Arians is gonna try to rein that in a little bit. And if he can understand that and play a little safer. Not saying that he can't play aggressive, but you Just know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, exactly, turnovers matter. So, I I think it's going to be good for Jameis Winston. Bruce Arians is a great coach. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to work out. The next one I wanted to talk about was Adam Gase, who's the new head coach of the New York Jets. <clears throat> I think this is interesting because while <clears throat> Sam Darnold was not my favorite quarterback coming out of that draft class, neither was Baker Mayfield. Josh Rosen was actually my favorite quarterback coming out of that draft class. Look where I am now with his stats. <laughs> <clears throat> But I do think he has a lot of talent. He's just very young. And I think Adam Gase, when you look, Adam Gase got a raw deal in Miami. Ryan Tannehill was not always healthy. And when he was, he led him to a 10-6 and season, and they went to the playoffs for the first time. I don't know how many years. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, right. I got the hiccups or something. Yeah. But, yes, uh, Adam Gase is a super talented, very smart offensive mind. He put Jay Cutler to his best years ever when he was the offensive coordinator in Chicago. So I think, I think he's he has the offensive mind. He knows what he's doing. That interview that he had was really wacky with his eyes. <laughs> I he definitely looked like he was on some sort of drug. And I was like, wasn't that there that other Miami um, speculation? There was there was a there was a coach on the Miami team, like a special teams coach or something like that. And he got busted for like a video of him snorting cocaine. What? Who? Yeah, you... that was I, I think that was in the Gase regime. So. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> is Adam Gase on cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be with those damn eyes. <laughs> Don't come for us. But yeah, what do you guys think of the Gase hiring? It's a hiring. But does this, as okay, coach, as a Pats fan, does this worry you as a Jets are a young up up and coming team in the division right now? Because like, if you look at the other teams, are you that worried about Buffalo? Are you that worried about Miami? I think the Jets are your biggest worry. In the future years, they're really young. Oh, yeah, of course. They were a worry at the beginning of the season, too, because they were showing some heart. Yeah. They have a good defense, which is important. Jamal Adams. And those guys play hard, even though they have to play a lot more defense than the offense has to play, unfortunately. But, I mean, I think, honestly, you can have Adam Gase. You can have this really offensive coach. I get that. But at the end of the day, it comes down to Sam Darnold. A lot of the people towards the end of the season, a lot of Jets fans don't trust Sam Darnold. They don't think he's the player that they thought he was going to be. Well, he, he and I think and listen, he started off well, and you know I, he kind of faltered towards the end. I think it's really going to be a big year for him for Jets fans to figure out if they want him or not. If he plays well, then the Jets are definitely something to worry about in the division. But until Sam Darnold starts playing like he should be playing, like Baker Mayfield's playing, or like you know other rookie quarterbacks are playing, I'm not too scared of the Jets yet. About midway through the uh, season, Sam Darnold had an injury that he missed a couple games for, but before that he had been struggling with that injury also in the game right before that he got taken out. He threw zero touchdowns and four interceptions. Not That's awful, right? Um, but then they realized, hey, this is a problem. You, uh, we got to get this checked out. You got to rest. And since he came back from that on December 9th, Pass rating of 83, pass rating of 100, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 63% completion percentage. Pass rating of 128.4, 341 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 68.6 completion percentage. And then against the Patriots, again, tough team, 167 yards, 74, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Finished the season with 17 touchdowns and 15 interceptions, which 
is not great, but that's a lot better than Jared Goff's rookie year. I'll tell you that. And he's in the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I think these next couple seasons are contingent on him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I agree. But either way, I think, I think he'll that, develop. Like, I think the Patriots only have like another two, maybe three years of being really truly competitive. Once they lose over. Tom Brady, it's over. Yeah, exactly. So, no, once they lose Belichick, it's over. <laughs> Either way. That's, that's a topic for debate. Um, so, like, I just don't see them becoming anywhere near of a threat to worry about within those next two or three years. Maybe, like, after that, but well, after if Tom that, Tom we'll plays until he's 50 like he wants to. He ain't doing that. Me, maybe. Maybe if he goes to a really bad team. I don't see Tom Brady, like, it's an interesting situation with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady because I don't know who's going to want to leave who's going to want to leave first because i feel like both of them have too much of an ego to retire at the same time i feel like tom brady in the back of his head is like i want to see if i can win without bill and bill belichick's like i want to see if i can win without tom i wouldn't be surprised if they go their separate ways for one or two seasons just to see which kind of surprises me because fuck that if i'm tom brady i'm retiring as soon as bill belichick does because i don't want anybody doubting my legacy i don't want to go and play for some crap team and then do bad and then people are like oh well Looks like you're only good yeah, because you had the best system in the league. But I think so, Brady is Brady is cocky enough to yeah, think that Brady's he's going to be fine, and he's competitive enough to want to do that. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, that that will be really interesting. See what happens. Well, that's about all the NFL I wanted to get to today. That was a lot. <laughs> Jacob, do you want to bring us into the big topic that we want to talk about in the NBA today? Thanks, guys, for listening. Um, Follow us on Twitter at RunningBackPC. You can find the podcast anywhere and everywhere you get podcasts. And make sure to catch the podcast tomorrow to see Jacob flip out. Thanks, guys.